You're listening to the Embrace Church podcast. To learn more about Embrace Church, including additional messages, resources, and how to connect, visit us online at embracecanton.church. Today's message comes from Stephen Brumbelow. So over the last few weeks, we've been uh, preaching through Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. It's a a letter in the New Testament called Ephesians. In the first three uh, chapters of Ephesians, we hear Paul tell us about our identity in Christ, our calling, if you will, to be in Christ. But then we get to chapters four, five, and six, and Paul really uh, tells us how to walk out our calling. Paul informs us how to live into our identity. And so as we walk into our identity, as we walk out our calling, it's going to have an impact on our lives, but it's also going to have an impact on those people in which we are closest to, our friends and, and maybe especially even our family. You see, the family has always been the axis of the community. But as we all know, it seems like in the last several, several years that the family has been in disarray. But I believe that Paul would say that once we put our identity in Christ, that, that the family doesn't have to be dysfunctional. In fact, the family can be very healthy. And that's what he teaches us. Uh, that's what he teaches us. In Ephesians chapter 5, in fact, Paul says this, he says, hey man, if you want to have what we'll call a new family, if you want to take your identity and place it into maybe saying, how are we going to start a new family? How are we going to be new? He says this in Ephesians chapter 5, he said, the first thing you need to do, he says, is to mimic Jesus, to imitate Jesus. This is what he says in Ephesians chapter 5 in the first few verses. He says, watch what God does. And then you do it like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Now, when I think about mimicking Jesus, I can't help but think about mimicking the kindness of Jesus. I think that's one of the great words that describes Jesus is is that he is kind. See, see, I envision, I envision maybe a, a large room with maybe, let's say, a thousand people in a room. And the, large, the room is big enough that people are able to social distance. But, but there's, there's all walks of life in this room. There's the hardened criminal and there is the most mature saint you could ever imagine all in this room. But then I envision Jesus walking into the room. And, and, and without anyone even really knowing it, all eyes are suddenly just kind of turned toward Jesus because see that's what happens when Jesus enters a room right like like people are drawn to Jesus no one overreacts you know this hardened criminal doesn't get up and run out of the a room and and, and the, the most mature saint doesn't fall out on the, on, on the ground no one overreacts because there's just something kind about Jesus there's something there's something about his voice there's something about his tone there's something about his presence. It's like when Jesus walks in the room, there, there's just a sense of being refreshed. Like, like everything's gonna be okay. And if each person in this room, if, if they could kind of dig down into the depths of their soul, they, they, would, they would notice that when Jesus walked in the room, they had this sense that, hey, everything's gonna be okay. Because Jesus is such a refreshing person. Now, now I have to say, uh, 
the most refreshing things in life to me are one is Jesus. My family uh, is also refreshing to me. But then I also think that uh, like Coca-Cola's are very refreshing. Now, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be refreshing like Jesus, but sometimes I'm much like this Coke. And, and I do think Coke's refreshing. Listen to this. I'm going to see if you can hear it. That, that, that's the sound of refreshing. In fact, I think, that, uh, I think that most people would say that I am a lot like a Coke. I think people would say that uh, when I, I come in the room that uh, they feel like that I'm refreshing. Like, like, that's good stuff. I think my family would say when I come in the room that I'm, I'm a pretty refreshing guy. But sometimes I have to tell you that when things don't go my way, I kind of get a little shaken up on the inside. And, and if I'm not real careful when I open my mouth or when I react, well, well you understand, you understand what happens there, right? Now, now that might be a, a little goofy illustration, but, but I have to tell you that I want to be kind like Jesus, but I'm not always that way. But I, but I want to work toward being kind. I, I, I don't want my actions to represent anything but kindness. I, I have the privilege of, um, of putting uh, my kids to bed at night. Uh, it's kind of a routine we have. I, I spend individual time with, with both of my kids and, and we'll, we'll read a, a, a book, uh, we'll read a story out of the storybook Bible each, uh, to each one of them. And then I have a little opportunity where we just kind of talk about the day. And then I get to ask them a way in which I can pray for them. And then I tell them a way in which they can pray for me. So I'm in the bed with one of my sons the other night. And I just said, uh, hey, how can I pray for you? And he said, hey, Dad, you know, I, I've, I've been getting really mad real quick uh, lately. And he said, uh, you can help me pray about that. So in turn, I said, well, you can help me pray about me getting frustrated. Because I get frustrated real easy. And, and what comes out is, is, really, is really not kindness. And so we've had the privilege of praying for each other. And I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that I get to pray for my son and he gets to pray for me because those are some areas in which we need to grow. We need to grow in kindness to be more like Jesus. So we're to mimic the life of Jesus through kindness. But, but I, I think that uh, Paul also says here that, that a way in which we can mimic Jesus is, is, is by offering up extravagant love. Now, now, those are, these are pretty strong words that Paul says here. He says this. He says, observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Th those are pretty strong words. Listen, to give everything of himself to us. Now, I, I dare you to try to mimic that. Because see, what that is, that, that's called a, a life of sacrifice. That's putting someone else ahead of yourself. You know, in the Old Testament, when they, when they made a sacrifice, they took an animal and they, and they would burn it over an altar. And the, and the fragrance of the meat burning went up into heaven and, and it was a sweet-smelling aroma to God. And it was a pleasing smell to God. Can I tell you, when we live a life of extravagant love, when we live a life of sacrifice, those we come in contact with, those we are closest to, our family members, listen, we have the opportunity to change the atmosphere. When we enter the room, it can be a new smell. 
Things can, can change. The atmosphere can change when we come into the room if we mimic the life of Jesus by offering up extravagant love. Well, Paul goes on and says, if you want to mimic Jesus, you, 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 have, you show kindness, uh, you extend extravagant love. But, but this, is, this is the third thing he says here. Uh, it's, it's to live a life of purity. Paul says, don't allow love to turn into lust, setting off a downhill slide into sexual promiscuity, filthy practices, or bullying greed. Though some tongues just love the taste of gossip, those who follow Jesus have better uses for language than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Thanksgiving is our dialect. And I think those who have a new identity in Christ and those who are seeking new families, you know, I I think first and foremost, eyes have to be set on Jesus because, because we're mimicking him. And you see, see, there's no room for a, a wandering eye. There, there's, there's no room for, to go into places in which you, you shouldn't be uh, going because we want to live a life of, of purity, right? So, you know, we often, we often say uh, that we, uh, we, we want to be careful what we allow our kids to watch. I mean, Kelly and I, we're, we're very careful. We, 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 we watch, we, we look at all the videos we can watch to make sure that they're really appropriate from them. And I think that's good advice. But maybe a better advice is this. Like, if you wouldn't allow your kids to watch it, then maybe you don't need to watch it either. You know, that, that's, that's, just, that's just good advice. And I love how Paul ended uh, this little section here. He says this. He says, uh, he says uh, Thanksgiving is our dialect. That, that should be, like, if you're a believer, if you call yourself a believer, if your identity is in Christ, then listen, our language should look different from the rest of the world. Our language should be countercultural from that of the rest of the world. So listen, if, if we're talking about starting a new family, if we're taking our identity and, and moving toward being a new family, we have to mimic the life of, of Jesus. But then, but then Paul says toward the middle and end of uh, Ephesians chapter 5, he, he kind of gives some directions toward marriages. And he, he talks about the relationship between a husband and wife. He, he talks about how that should look. In, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, Paul says this. He says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. You see, the word submit simply means this. It means to, to come under, to come under. But we have a thought and a view that, uh, man, if I submit to someone else, if I give them authority, then that's just not a good thing. Like, that's a bad thing. And, and the opposite of that is true. See, I, I, I believe we all want to be powerful people. And, and, and in some instances, we are all powerful people. But, but what if submission, meaning coming under, what, what if we took our power and we came under someone else and we used our power to hold that person up. What if we submitted to someone by using our power to, to make them better, uh, to hold them up? See, that, that would be a, a different understanding of, of submission, wouldn't it? When I think about, uh, when I think about the word submission, uh, what comes to my mind is, uh, is a roundabout. Uh, you, know, you know what a roundabout is, right? Uh, in some, in some uh, high-traffic places, they've taken uh, traffic signals, which, which you, you uh, have uh, stop signs and go signs and yielding signs. They've taken those and they've replaced them uh, with, with roundabouts. Now, I looked this up online, and, and according to the Georgia Department of uh, 
transportation, this is the definition of a roundabout. Roundabouts are a type of circular intersection defined by the basic operational principle of entering traffic yielding to vehicles on the circular, uh, circulatory roadway. Roundabouts have geometric features providing a reduced speed environment that offers substantial safety advantages and excellent operational performances. See, here's what I love about roundabouts in, in, in thinking about submission and, and thinking about relationships of the husband and wife. When you come to a roundabout, the first thing you do is yield. You yield to the person who's coming. You yield to the, uh, to, to the fact that someone could become, you yield first. And so it, it's about this. It's about you and then me. See, I, I think that's the second principle that Paul would say here. Like, mimic the life of Jesus, but, but then you need to say, I live a life in which it's you and then me. And if we think about a roundabout, that's what happens. It's, it's about you, and then it's about me. So I, I read up a little more about these roundabouts. And in some places, uh, fatal crashes have reduced by up to 80% where there are roundabouts. Now, can I tell you, in, in a day and a time in which marriages and families are, are dysfunctional and disarray, and just simply applying the principle of you and then me could possibly, could possibly change the divorce rate, the fatality in marriages up to 80%. Just think about that. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Well, if you read uh, Ephesians chapter 5, and if you read it in light of, hey, I want to mimic Jesus, and I want to live out the principle of you and then me, then, then the rest of Ephesians chapter 5, the, the, Paul talking about husbands and wives, well, it, it, just, it just makes more sense. And the result is, is this. It's uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, in which Paul says this. You can, husbands, you can really love your wives, and wives, you can really respect your husband. And that's what we long for, right? So listen, maybe, maybe you've started a relationship with Jesus and you have this new identity and you have a desire to maybe have a new family. That can happen simply by doing this, mimicking the life of Jesus and living out the principle of it. it's you and then me. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for Paul and his words. His words on how we can live in relationship with those who are closest to us with our families. And Lord, we really believe that we can have new families. Like our families can change, first and foremost, by mimicking you, and then by living out the principle of it's you first and then me. Lord, we want to be people who take our power and hold up those that we love the most, that we submit to them. We feel like it's your call. It's your desire for us. But we can only do, we can only do that um, if, Holy Spirit, if you, if you enable, if you empower, and if you equip us. So we ask Holy Spirit to come. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you are encouraged by today's message, please make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast. For additional messages and resources, visit us online at embracecanton.church. Thank you for joining in with us today on the Embrace Church podcast.